Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, January the 14th, 2022. You have survived the week thus far, and uh, you are hours away from your weekend. I mean, just hours. Just imagine. It's going to be great. Praise be to God. Hopefully your your weekend is going to go really well, restful, finally going to get a chance to put away those Christmas lights, you know, that have been, they've been brightening, uh, shining bright, right, up until, what, yesterday, the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord, so... It's time to put them away, I suppose. Uh, but we are going to have a great show today. Breaking news out, of course. Last night, we all heard the uh, the decision that came down from the Supreme Court on the OSHA mandates. We're going to jump into that. It was a big, huge decision, six to three, I think, and uh, basically overturning the OSHA business mandates, but keeping in place uh, the mandates for medical workers, like 17 million people were affected by that. So we're going to discuss that coming up at 15 past the hour. I'm going to read to you some of Gorsuch's comments on that decision. I think they're very powerful and insightful as to why the court so overwhelmingly decided what it did. Uh, also on the program coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, James Baxter, CEO of Exodus 90, is going to join us to to share with us the compelling value of taking cold showers for 90 days straight. Have you have you any you know anybody who's who's been on Exodus 90? We would love to have you a part of the program. I went through Exodus 90 back in uh, 2017 and so uh, I'll have some interesting questions for Mr. Baxter about the mm, let's just say the techniques of of developing this incredible opportunity to grow in grace, the spiritual direction that they provide to men all over the country and the world now. So that's coming up at 35 past the hour. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully you can join us for that. Uh, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Hey, good morning, Joe. You said you did it, right? Sorry, what was that? The Exodus 90? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I did do that. Yeah. Uh, but i got to admit, I took the lukewarm showers. I took the easy way out. Lukewarm showers. And I slept in bed. So. <laughs> Come on. My bad. You you never hit the snooze button, though, right? No, like, never. You, you abstain from snoozing? I don't like to snooze. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm against that philosophy. Yeah. The bell rings, you got to get up. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, uh, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Happy is Friday. It? it is. In Praise spite be to of God. it all. Despite of it all, it's good to be here. <laughs> Praise be to God for it. Uh, You're a couple... totally into cold showers, though, right? Like, you do well, that anyway. I used to. Yeah. Uh, after, you know, actually, before Exodus 90, I started taking cold showers because I saw that there was a lot of health benefits for it. That's but uh, yeah, so praise be to God. I'm excited. I'm going to me and my buddies, a bunch of my friends are engaged, uh, just got engaged. And so they are all doing Exodus 90 and they asked me to join them. And so uh, we'll be doing that coming oh, up. So soon. you are going to do it again. I am going to be doing it again. Wow. Decided decided to do it. Amazing. And, uh, oh, and praise be to God. Um, one, two things. One, mm-hmm. this weekend, praise yeah. be to God, is going to be awesome. I'm going to the March for Life in Dallas. Nice. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, going to be there all day. And also, if you want to keep your lights up, technically you could <laughs> keep your lights up to February second because yeah. we're still in the Christmas cycle. I think I have a but, who's still up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, traditionally people would take it down either on Epiphany Day or mm-hmm. at the end of the Octave of the Epiphany, which was yesterday. So 
Okay. There you go, folks. There you go. Options. You got options. Praise be to God. I uh, will be taking uh, two of my sons out hunting and camping this weekend. We're very excited about that. We always love to do that. So hopefully your weekend will go really well. Real quick, before we jump in, did I mention that some lucky Catholic radio listeners going to drive away in a brand new Mercedes? Come February, the end of February, are going to draw out a name. It could be you. It's a brand new 2022 GLA 250. Min or no, night black is the color. Praise be to God. And uh, we are very grateful because it helps to keep our Catholic radio postulate alive and well. And you can find the details linked up on our website, grnonline.com. Scroll down till you see the the Mercedes, just click on that. It has all the details there, grnonline.com. Let's jump in and pray and get started in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Rudy Carlos here, and let's dive right into the headlines for today. Breitbart reports Supreme Court strikes down Biden's OSHA mandate 6-3 to and preserves religious objections. The Supreme Court dealt a massive blow to President Joe Biden's COVID-19 policy, striking it down with massive vac- striking down his vast massive vaccine mandate on employers while upholding a smaller mandate on healthcare workers. Though workers can still opt out of that mandate if they have a religious objection or medical concern. The 6-3 decision said, quote, although COVID-19 is a risk that occurs in many workplaces, it is not an occupational hazard in most. COVID-19 can and does spread at home, in schools, during sporting events, and everywhere else that people gather. That kind of universal risk is no different from the day-to-day dangers that all face from crime, air pollution, or any number of communicable diseases, permitting OSHA to regulate the hazards of daily life simply because most Americans have jobs and face those same risks without while on the clock would significantly expand OSHA's regulatory authority without any clear congressional authorization." Unquote. Epic Times reports Russia may put troops in Venezuela and Cuba if U.S. tensions continue. Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Ryavkov, who headed January 10th talks with the U.S. officials in Geneva, said he could neither confirm nor exclude the possibility of a Russian military buildup within the borders of Cuba and Venezuela if tensions continue with the U.S. With the US over Ukraine. Ryabkov's statement adds pressure to existing tensions with the West over the presence of Russian troops near the Ukraine border, which prompted a high-stakes meeting with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, also known as NATO, on January 12th in Vienna. Putin's government demanded the cessation of NATO's expansion, which was promptly rejected by the United States and its Western allies. In a televised interview, Ryabkov said it all depends on the actions by our U.S. counterparts, referencing Russian President Vladimir Putin's warning that Moscow is willing to take countermeasures if the United States challenged the Kremlin and added military pressure. A spokesperson for the U.S. State Department said to the Epic Times, we are not going to respond to blunder. If Russia actively started moving in that direction, we would deal with it decisively. And Breitbart reports German lockdowns saw up to threefold increase in child suicide attempts. Around three times as many children in Germany attempted suicide during the nation's second lockdown, according to a study by Essen University Hospital. The study was based on data gathered from 27 children's intensive care units within the country, 
with the gathered data then extrapolated to provide a final figure. According to a report by Der Spiegel, the study concludes that somewhere between 450 and 500 suicide attempts were made by children and adolescents during the period of Germany's second lockdown. That is three times as many suicide attempts in 2021 as in the comparative period between mid-March and the end of May in the years 2017 to 2019, Professor Christian Donna Schwacke of Essen University Hospital told Bild, a German tabloid newspaper. And the New York Post reports California Gavin Newsom rejects RFK assassins Saran Saran's parole. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint today is Saint Felix of Nola. He was born in the second century. Felix was the elder son of Hermias, a Syrian centurion who had retired to Nola, Italy. After his father's death, Felix sold off most of his property and possessions, gave the proceeds to the poor, and pursued a clerical vocation. Felix was ordained by and worked with St. Maximus of Nola. When Bishop Maximus fled to the mountains to escape the persecution of the Roman emperor Decius, Felix was arrested and beaten for his faith instead. He escaped prison according to legend, being freed by an angel so that he could help Bishop Maximus. Felix found Maximus alone, ill and helpless, and hid him from soldiers in a vacant building. When the two were safely inside, his spider quickly spun a web over the door, fooling the imperial forces into thinking it was long abandoned, and they left without finding the Christians. A subsequent attempt to arrest Felix followed, which he avoided by hiding in a ruined building, where again a spider web was spun across the entrance, convincing the soldiers that the building was abandoned. The two managed to hide from the authorities until the persecution ended with the death of Emperor Decius in 251. Legend assigns to Felix a martyr's death in the year 255 under the Emperor Valerian. St. Felix of Nola, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no room for them, not even around the door, and he preached the word to them. They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd. They opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, "'Child, your sins are forgiven.'" Now some of the scribes were sitting there asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, pick up your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, the Venerable Bede would say. Moreover, the Lord, being about to cure the man of the palsy, first loosed the chains of his sins. 
in order to show that he was condemned to the loosening of his joints because of the bonds of his sins and could not be healed to the recovery of his limbs unless these were first loosened. But Christ's wonderful humility calls this man despised, weak, with all the joints of his limbs, unstrung, a son, when the priest did not deign to touch him. Or at least he therefore calls him a son because his sins are forgiven him. Close quote, Venerable Bede, pray for us. There is, I mean, we say that every time, I think. I think it's a, we're a broken record, that's for sure. One trick pony. There is a lot that could be said here about this particular passage. There is so much to go into, like the foreshadowing, for instance. Infant baptism. Have you ever thought about that, how that plays a role in here? Here is a guy who, uh, who has no control over the, over the events happening to him. They are carrying him there, and he is totally out of control. He gets no say in the matter whatsoever. These four men are the ones making this leap of faith on his behalf. Similar to parents who take their infants to the baptismal water, to the font of mercy, to the sacrament, to make them Christians. And so how many people and your friends and your families that are are, uh, taking objection to you because you might baptize your infants, think on this passage, how so many... Like the uh, like the, uh, the 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 woman from Samaria who begged Jesus to heal her daughter, like the centurion begging to uh, have his slave healed, or the the ruler of the synagogue begging to have his son healed. You know, so many times in so many occasions of the gospel, we see one person acting on behalf of the other, begging for grace and for for miracles, just like parents of infants. There's that one. How about the confession that we see clearly here laid out in this particular passage? The foreshadowing to sacramental confession. Who but God, though, can forgive sins? And there you go. Is Jesus God? Yes, 100%, absolutely, beyond the shadow of a doubt, yes. Did Jesus know he was God? Absolutely. What's easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven, or to utterly before your eyes heal this person with an incurable disease. To perform this miracle before your very eyes. Who but God can do that? So let's be clear on what we're talking about here. Venerable Bede would say, Who remits sin by those also to whom he has assigned the power of remitting? And therefore Christ is proved to be very God, for he is able to remit sins as God. He shows himself to be God, since he can know the hidden things of the heart. And in a manner, through silent, though silent, he speaks thus, with the same power and majesty by which I look upon your thoughts. I can forgive the sins of men. Amen. We'll be right back. What's concerning us and the Supreme Court decisions coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. We believe that parenting is a path to holiness. Sacrificing and suffering are built right into the vocation of being a spouse and a parent. St. John Paul II tells us, families become what you are. Meaning that if you want to be holy, be a better father, mother, a sister, son, husband, or wife. Holiness can be found by embracing the call to be a family. To help couples celebrate Lent and Easter, we've developed a program called Cana 90. Cana 90 is designed to help couples grow in holiness through commitments of prayer, fasting, and mercy. But all these commitments are made remembering that the path to holiness is found through loving your spouse and children. Our Cana 90 program provides guidance to help couples make good choices together. 
We provide free videos, podcasts, and even activities to do with your children. If you want to join us, sign up by visiting us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. You're driving a midnight black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st and you must be 18 or older to participate. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClendon. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, James Baxter, CEO and co-founder of Exodus 90, is going to be joining us. Exodus 90, a spiritual exercise to bring freedom of Jesus Christ to men. Uh, we're going to have that conversation. So if you know a guy... Uh, And maybe this could be a great conversation to include them in, so share this with them. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure to you as well. And the OSHA mandates were big, huge news. And the Supreme Court uh, came down with a decision last night. Here's an article out of the Epic Times. Supreme Court blocks business vaccine rule declines to stay healthcare workers mandate. The Supreme Court has blocked the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private businesses, but has decided to allow a separate regulation that requires healthcare workers to get a vaccine to take effect. In a 6-3 to three ruling on January the 13th, the court halted the, man- the mandate for all private employers with 100 or more workers, ruling that the states and companies that challenged the rule were likely to succeed. Biden administration officials had argued that the Occupational Safety and Health Act, OSHA, of 1970 gave them authority to impose the mandate, but a majority of the justices disagreed. Now, what I want to do is I want to pull up for you the actual uh, opinion uh, from Gorsuch and uh, the justices that agreed with him. And there is a dissenting opinion by, I think Sotomayor wrote that. But I think there's some pertinent points here as to why why did the majority, 63, that's not even close, right? That's a a super, that's a big majority decision for this. So so this is a pretty firm and solid thing that we should be paying attention to. Why did OSHA... Uh, the mandate not go through. Why did they reject that? I think this is important. So I want to read a little to you from Neil Gorsuch, Justice Neil Gorsuch. It says, I start with this court's precedence. There is no question that state and local authorities possess considerable power to regulate public health. They enjoy the general power of governing, including all sovereign powers envisioned by the Constitution and not specifically vested in the federal government. Um, The federal government's powers, however, are not general, but limited and divided. Not only must the federal government properly invoke a constitutional enumerated source of authority to regulate in this area or any other, it must also act consistently with the Constitution's separation of powers. Therein lies the key to their decision. Having authority, something they ask repeatedly during the oral arguments. It goes on to say, and when it comes to that obligation, this court has established at least one firm rule. Quote, we expect Congress to speak clearly, unquote. 
if it wishes to assign to an executive agency decisions of vast economic and political significance, which in which it means that they it, that's not the case. It has not happened. OSHA's mandate fails this doctrine's test. It says the agency claims the power to force 84 million Americans to receive a vaccine or undergo regular testing. By any measure, that is a claim of power to resolve a question of vast national significance. Yet Congress has nowhere clearly assigned so much power to OSHA. Approximately two years have passed since this pandemic began. Vaccines have been available for more than a year. Over that span, Congress has adopted several major pieces of legislation aimed at combating COVID-19. Indeed, uh, and it goes on to say, but they haven't given OSHA this this uh, this authority. It goes on to say, indeed, a majority of Senate even voted to disapprove OSHA's regulation. Far less consequential agency rules have run afoul of the major questions doctrine. What is OSHA's reply to this? It directs us to uh, 29 U.S.C. 655. A statutory uh, subsection, Congress authorized OSHA to issue emergency regulations upon determining that employees are exposed to grave danger from exposure to substances or agents determined to be toxic or physically harmful, and that such emergency standards are necessary to protect employees from such dangers. According to the agency... This provision supplies it with almost unlimited discretion to mandate new nationwide rules in response to the pandemic, so long as the rules are reasonably related to workplace safety. The court rightly applies the major questions doctrine and concludes that this lone statutory subsection does not clearly authorize OSHA's mandate. Uh, Let me skip down a little bit here. As the agency itself explained to a federal court less than two years ago, the statute does not authorize OSHA to issue sweeping health standards that affect workers' lives outside the workplace. And therein lies the trick as well. These mandates would not just be related to the workplace, but to the home, to the grocery store, to the park around the corner, to life everywhere. This would have a sweeping impact on Americans' in all of the aspects of their lives, not just the workplace. It goes on to say, yet that is precisely what the agency seeks to do now, regulate not just what happens inside the workplace, but induce individuals to undertake a medical procedure that affects their lives outside the workplace. Historically, such matters have been regulated at the state level by authorities who enjoy broader and more general governmental powers. Meanwhile, At the federal level, OSHA arguably is not even the agency's most associated with public health regulation. And in the rare instances when Congress has sought to mandate vaccinations, it has done so expressly. Why does the major questions doctrine matter? It ensures that the national government's power to make laws that govern us remain where Article I of the Constitution says it belongs, with the people's elected representatives. If administrative agencies seek to regulate the daily lives and liberties of millions of Americans, the doctrine says they must at least be able to trace that power to a clear grant of authority from Congress, which in this case, they cannot. 
The uh, non-delegation doctrine ensures democratic accountability by, by preventing Congress from intentionally delegating its legislative powers to unsele- unelected officials. Sometimes lawmakers may be tempted to delegate powers to agencies to reduce the degree to which they will be held accountable for unpopular actions. If Congress could hand off all its legislative powers to unelected agency officials, it would dash the whole scheme of our Constitution and enable intrusions into the private lives and freedoms of Americans by bare edict rather than only with the consent of their elected representatives. That's a powerful statement right there. The, the major questions doctrine serves a similar function by guarding against unintentional, oblique, or otherwise unlikely delegations by the legislative power. Sometimes Congress passes broadly worded statutes seeking to resolve important policy questions in a field where, while leaving an agency to work out the details of implementation, later the agency may seek to exploit some gap, some ambiguity, or doubtful expression in Congress's statutes to assume responsibilities far beyond its initial assessment or assignment, rather. The major questions doctrine guards against this possibility by recognizing that Congress does not usually hide elephants in mouse holes. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Now, I kind of read that part and thought, you know, hmm, the church can sometimes do that, write vague and ambiguous documents and just hope that people on the more local level will fill in the gaps and work things out. But they also sometimes look for those loopholes and abuses set in. Kind of the same thing, isn't it? This uh, Gorsuch uh, response goes on to say, in this way, the doctrine is a vital check on expansive and aggressive assertions of executive authority. Whichever the doctrine, the point is the same. Both serve to prevent government by bureaucracy supplanting government by the people. On the one hand, OSHA claims the power to issue a nationwide mandate on a major question but cannot trace its authority to do so to any clear congressional mandate. On the other hand, if the statutory subsection the agency cites really did endow OSHA with the power, it asserts that that law would likely constitute an unconstitutional delegation of legislative authority. Under OSHA's reading, the law would afford it almost unlimited discretion and certainly impose no specific restriction that meaningfully constrain the agency. Either way, the point is the same. One Chief Justice Marshall made back in 1825. There are some important subjects which must be entirely regulated by the legislature itself and others of less interest in which a general provision may be made and power given to others to fill up the details. The question before us is not how to respond to the pandemic, but who holds the power to do so? The answer is clear. Under the law, it stands today that power rests with the United States Congress, not OSHA. In saying this, and saying this much, we do not impugn the intentions behind the agency's mandate. Instead, we only discharge our duty to enforce the law's demands when it comes to the question who may govern the lives of 84 million Americans. Respecting those demands may be trying in times of stress. But if this court were to abide them only in more tranquil conditions, declarations of emergencies would never 
end and the liberties our constitution's se- uh, separation of power seek to preserve would all would amount to little would amount to little and that is uh, most of Neil Gorsuch's comments there. And here's the interesting thing about this story. You know what started the OSHA mandate process? They needed a workaround because Congress wouldn't provide the power. Congress wouldn't provide the authority. They needed a workaround. How do we know it was a workaround? Because the White House chief of staff tweeted it to the world that this was their workaround. That tweet was referenced in the Supreme Court decision. That is how they know this was a workaround. Let that sink in. They were looking for a way to subvert the constitutional process, and they tried this, and it didn't work. Now, why did they let the medical mandates uh, stay in place and, and block the business one? Well, because Congress acted on the medical side and gave authority in that, in that regard to health and human services, and the Supreme Court decision cited that. And they said, look, they have they have authority. Congress was clear. They gave authority to uh, health and human services for that. So that has to stay in place. But the business one is blocked. Now, it's all sent back down to the Sixth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals. But at this point, it's a done deal as far as that's concerned. And uh, now if your company does, is still mandating, if the company you work for, your friends, your family are still mandating and you're facing layoffs or, or, or worse or what have you, It's because the company wants it. It's not because the government's forcing them or they're going to be fined. It's because you're the company you work for or your friends and your family work for. They want this. So uh, let that sink in, I suppose. Let's pray for Americans everywhere, not just for their health, because we don't want anybody getting sick or dying or worse. But the good news is I saw a report out today, 91% less lethal, this Omicron variant, uh, than Delta And it's already coming to a peak, and it's going to drop off precipitously pretty soon, according to another article I saw. So let's pray for Americans. Let's pray for uh, our church. Let's pray for an end to the madness and confusion. Let's have clarity. We're going to be right back after this very short break. We're going to have more breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos and the Nexodus 90. Let's talk about spiritual growth. That's coming up next. We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. 
I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your headline news. Reuters reports U.S. Senator Cinema sinks Democrats' hopes for passing voting rights reform. The U.S. Senator Kristen Cinema rejected President Joe Biden's plea to jettison the Senate's filibuster rule to allow Democrats to pass a voting rights bill, all but ensuring the bill's failure. Cinema called the measure a critical tool to tamp down the nation's deepening political divisions, while fellow centrist Democratic Senator Joe Manchin said removing the guardrail would allow simple majorities to ram through extreme legislation. Cinema took to the floor, the Senate floor, to reiterate her position before Biden met with fellow Democrats in the Senate to urge them to unite around the idea and pass a law he said was critical to offsetting a wave of new restrictions on ballot access passed in Republican-led states. She blasted the wave of new laws restricting ballot access in Republican-led states as undemocratic, but said she would not agree to change the Senate's rules to pass a federal law countering them. She says, quote, I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division in our country. Some have given up on the goal of easing our divisions and uniting Americans. I have not, unquote. And the Blaze Report's father's child visitation rights suspended because he's unvaccinated. Superior Judge John Sebastian Villancourt handed down the ruling on December 23rd, stating it would normally be in the best interest of the child to have contact with his father, but it is not in his best interest to have contact with him if he's unvaccinated and opposed to health measures in the present epidemiological context. According to the Montreal Gazette, the judge's decision came after the father, who was not identified in court documents, requested an extra day of visitation around the holidays. The child's mother opposed the request, informing the court that she had recently learned that the father was unvaccinated. The mother repeatedly, reportedly added, that her estranged uh, partner was a conspiracy theorist and anti-vaccine, and that he had demonstrated opposition to local health guidelines and posts on social media. She subsequently provided excerpts of the father's Facebook page to the court. And Breitbart reports, Queen strips Prince Andrew of all military titles and patronages. This comes after his reported involvement in the Epstein scandal. LifeSite News reports dissident nun says Pope's support for her ministry shows pro-LGBT new era in Catholic Church. A dissident Catholic nun formerly silenced by the church for her rejection of Catholic teaching on LGBT issues has described Pope Francis's recent letters of support to her as a very significant step signaling a pro-LGBT stance from the Vatican. There's a new era in the church because of Pope Francis. He's enabling people to feel freer, said Sister Janine Gramic in a phone interview with Crux, which I don't recommend you check out Crux. Gramic came under renewed media attention in December after it came out that Pope Francis had written a letter praising the dissident pro-LGBT organization New Ways Ministry, which she co-founded in 1977 with priest Robert Nugent. The nun revealed that even more of her hopes from the current pontiff in a lengthy January 7th interview with Jesuit-run America magazine. The papal letters indicate that Francis saw that we, New Ways Ministry, were participating in the mission of the church, she said. The nun revealed her hopes and certainly that Pope Francis would in time even change Catholic teaching to align with her previously condemned views. She says, quote, gay people say to me, Pope Francis is wonderful, but he hasn't changed the teaching of the church. Well, it's not his job right now, said Gramic. Eventually it's his job, but right now it's up to us, the people, to articulate the faith. What do we believe? Sometimes we have to go against what the leaders of our church say. We have to operate out of love and not fear. Pope Francis doesn't want little robots, and Vatican II didn't either. And those are your headline news this morning. 
God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is James Baxter. He is the CEO and co-founder of Exodus 90. Uh, it's a, a formation program that aims to bring spiritual exercise and growth to uh, and freedom to men uh, all over the country and beyond. And uh, we're glad to have you on the program this morning, Mr. Baxter. Thank you for your time. Joe, it's a delight. Thanks for the invite. I must say in seven years doing this, this is my earliest morning radio appearance ever. Uh, well, so uh, I've had my cup of coffee. I'm up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to bring the heat. The only real question is, have you had your cold shower? Uh, that's that really the only question oh, of the day. Man, I knew you were going to ask that. And I got to say, I live in a really tiny house. So oh. when, when we put the shower on, the kids get, wake up. So All I was like, I got to sneak out. We have so I'm not going to lie. You caught me. I haven't had it today. <laughs> I did Exodus 90 in 2017. And of course, you know, the, Early cold, days. the cold shower was like the penultimate sacrifice for the like give up chocolate okay i could live through that experience if i had to you know a coffee or, or whatever uh, all these other austerities sure cold showers are you out of your mind that's like and i did mine I, mine ended on christmas day so <laughs> it, it was it <laughs> yeah. was a bit rough well i tell you even starting here in january where most of our guys start you know somewhere you know in january to end on easter sunday mm -hmm. it's quite cold and, and and what's funny is people in the south complain about them as much maybe even more than the guys in the north and i was right? on a i was on a trip um to, to saint paul minnesota a couple years ago and i'm from indiana which is a little milder and uh it was it was early morning and i was like wow it is freezing like yeah. this is next level cold up here what these guys go <laughs> through right. maybe they're always taking cold showers maybe that's why they don't complain <laughs> us, us southerners forget it well let's <laughs> let's define terms uh exodus 90. now from my understanding you you were in the seminary you were discerning uh uh the priesthood uh before you discerned out and this was a part of that experience uh so yeah, the first part of that's true. I was in seminary formation for, for quite some time, but actually a mentor of mine in a different seminary um, started what's become known as, as Exodus 90. And in short, it was just a formation program that he came up with um, as, a, as a solution to a problem. And, and he was the vice rector of human formation uh, there, which is a fancy way of saying he was just really responsible for the human foundation of the men on their way to ordination, really responsible for their character. And what he noticed was... Yeah, just a lot of idols stand in their way of, of being the priests that they're called to be for God's people. And so we had a devotion to the Desert Fathers, um, you know, which is kind of a neglected part of our tradition. And so that kind of infused its way into this. And that's where all this comes from. So in short, after years, um, you know, of, of really kind of piloting these groups and and many reporting it to be a, a really life changing experience, the notes of it were shared with me. And uh, I've just tried to figure out how to share it with as many men as I can since then. You know, it's really interesting because uh, this has become a huge benefit to so many men who are making a life change. And I know me and my buddies are about to start Exodus 90 up in this next week. And the reason why is because uh, I did it uh, two or three years ago. And my buddies were like, oh, let's do it uh, this year because uh, a number of my buddies are getting in uh, married. They just got engaged. And they're like, we know we, we want to lose weight. We want to become a better man. We want to get ready for marriage, have more prayer life, get away from all the technology, and it's going to prepare them uh, better for marriage. Can you talk about like this idea that we have to shake off some of the uh, malaise that we kind of just put on over time and how, especially when you're making big decisions, this is going to be very beneficial? 
Yeah, we've seen this time and time again, you know, since we started how these moments of transition, these moments that are kind of calling out for more from us, like sacraments, um, become opportunities to really enter into to spiritual exercise beforehand. And that's been a, a really something I didn't necessarily expect at the start, but something I've been really uh, blessed by since. And I think in a particular way, entering into marriage, um, you know, Exodus has a way of humbling you. You know, it's it's easy to start because it's hard and it's a challenge and, you know, you want to see if you can do it. But, you know, from the very first days, you really try to reorient that desire to really this is about opening yourself up to grace. This is about coming into greater dependence upon God. This isn't about proving anything to yourself. Actually, this is about meeting him. And I think, you know, guys will will regularly say, you know, I came in knowing I had these struggles, but I actually had no idea about these other things. And that's a very humbling experience. And I think, especially when you enter into marriage, if you think you've got it all together, uh, just wait, you know, your marriage is going to show you, you don't, and, and, and it's going to show you that very quickly. Have and, you been and talking I to my that, wife? Has she been telling you stories? <laughs> I was going to say, I've been and, there. <laughs> but that humility is a foundation then for the gift of self where pride is, is, is really not. I have a question here. Um, so one of the, the many obstacles to spiritual growth for men, I think, is not having a great support group, you know, uh, people people to journey alongside with. Uh, how does Exodus 90 factor this in, and, and what sort of success have you seen with the program? Yes, so the fraternal piece of, of Exodus is, is essential. You know, we are not uh, in the business of self-help work. And for guys that cannot find fraternities on their way in, and sometimes it can be challenging, we really just encourage them to wait. Wait until the time is right. Wait till you know the Lord places those those men in in your life. And and the reason for that is because a you know a fraternity of other men has a way of just doing two things for you. One being extremely encouraging when you're struggling, uh, and you do struggle through Exodus, uh, and you need kind of the mercy and the perspective of other people to keep you grounded. But the other thing is you also need to be accountable. And kind of when we look at, you know, many of the situations in the church today, especially the scandals of, of the last couple of decades, it's there's just a lack of accountability. There's there's people not living in light and that that darkness just grows and gets, you know, grows out of control over time. And Exodus fraternities are really a chance if you're open to it and if you're humble enough to, to, to have a space in your life where you can't get away with anything. And uh, for those of us that really want to, to live in the truth and want to become the best men that we can be, that's actually very freeing. Um, so that, that encouragement, that accountability, th those things come from fraternity. And, and when you don't have it, you know, it's just, um, you know, I just don't think you have the, the structure you need to be the best man that you can be. We're talking with James Baxter, CEO and co-founder of Exodus 90. We have just a few seconds before we go to break. Uh, maybe we just should do this. What's the website? Exodus90.com. Exodus90.com is where you can learn is uh, it, all about what we're talking about today, yeah. Is it too late for someone to get started or create their own group? Never too late. Yeah, it starts, uh, so our biggest time of the year, yeah, our start date here is in a, in a couple days, January 17th on Monday, uh, to journey through Lent to end on Easter Sunday. Uh, if you can't make it in time, uh, we got guys that start uh, all the time, frankly. Exodus90.com. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back after this very short break with James Baxter to talk more about the Exodus90 program and its benefits and its value. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges. 
substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting catholicscomehome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Joining us again is James Baxter, CEO, co-founder of Exodus 90. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you again for being on with us. Thank you, Joe. It's a delight. I want to ask about, uh, we were joking a little bit at the beginning of our conversation about the uh, the cold showers thing, but let, maybe you can tell us about some of the uh, the austerities that are a part of the program. What are you asking men to do during these 90 days? Yeah, so an asceticism is kind of the tradition we're representing here. Uh, and unfortunately, it, it makes Exodus unique. I don't think that's a uh, a great thing, you know, just kind of for the, the as a sign of the time, I, I, I guess. When you look at the tradition of the church, you know, look at the catechism, you look at the lives of the saints, asceticism is all over it. Uh, I'm not sure about you. I've never read a saint story that ended uh, and they lived comfortably ever after and did whatever they wanted. Uh, that's just not how it works. Uh, so asceticism is a, is a big part of Exodus. Um, you know, and so really what it does is it kind of like removes a lot of the, the, the distractions and frankly, the idols that can get in the way of a lot of men today. You know, and so the idea is that you can say no to these lower things so that you can say yes to the higher to the spiritual things and also to your vocation. Most of our guys are married. So that's as a husband and as a father, a uh, few percent of our guys are priests and religious. And, you know, that's different obviously for them. Uh, so that's really kind of how we look at asceticism. So during Exodus, we've talked about the cold showers. Uh, we encourage guys to, to exercise regularly. Uh, we encourage them to sleep uh, when their children allow for, you know, things <laughs> such as that. Uh, you know, you you make some, some different uh, kind of fasts, if you will, media fasts around technology. And really we just try to, um, not to, to to abandon it, but just return technology to a tool, which is, I think, a really kind of lost concept for people who are just used to kind of wasting their lives on on these things that could have value if we we just use them the right way. Mm. Um, there's 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 a number of food kind of constraints as well. Uh, we we don't eat between meals. We don't have sweets. Um, we fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, you know, so those are kind of some of the the core elements. We abstain from alcohol. Uh, as well as a part of that. And then on Wednesdays and Fridays, we also uh, kind of practice the same moderate fast that the church asks of us on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. But during Exodus 90, you you, you make those fasts on every Wednesday and every Friday um, of the experience. 
you know, one thing that we talked on Monday with uh, with someone to talk about the book, uh, The Dumbest Generation. It was on the topic of technology and the, the this generation that grew up with technology, how they, they, they didn't, didn't learn how to think, didn't learn how to read. They can't uh, do certain things uh, that normal we think of as normal activities. And one thing that I really like about XS90 is the idea that we are doing a technology fast, getting rid of social media, getting rid of uh, useless time on the Internet, these kind of ideas. Uh, so I would like you to, to comment on that a little bit. But also, and, uh, you know, I bought the Exodus 90 book way back when, and, uh, and so we use that. But now you all have an app. Is there any way we, you can do Exodus 90 without using an app? Is the book still available? Is there a way to do it where we can just go full technology fast? Because I'm uh, at the point where I'm going to just take a sledgehammer to my phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes, you can. Uh, yeah. So just go to, to our uh, Exodus 90 shop and you can just search book uh, and you can, you know, kind of have that tech free kind of 90 day experience. But one of the things, you know, we made a call. This was actually 2018, three years, uh, four years ago now. You know, we just kind of observed like guys are checking in with their anchor. So within the an Exodus fraternity, you meet with a group uh, every week uh, of four to six men. And then you also have an anchor in that fraternity that you check in with on a daily basis. And basically the feedback from the guys is like, hey, uh, it's awesome to have some of these restraints. It would be really great to have a separate, non-distracting place to con- contact and communicate with the men of my fraternity. You know, so that became kind of the impetus for why we ended up building our own app. And, um, you know, it might seem like a little bit of a contradiction in terms, but actually when you design things from first principles, um, and primarily the thing I would just say is like closed systems, um, you can accomplish the outcomes you want to. And we actually see this in the use of our app, uh, how much kind of guys come into Exodus struggling with technology. And then by the end, how that just shatters through the process, even using our application. And so I just kind of make a note there that, yes, you know, you can you can have a tech free experience. Most of us, maybe because of our work, can't have a uh, can't just go to the desert, if you will. Um, And that's why we built it. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, asked just the other day if I would join another Exodus 90 group. And I'm thinking there's no possibility I could fast for media. I mean, I'm already up at 3 a.m. five days a week. I already (laughs) fast two two days of the week, you know. So, I mean, uh, it, it can be hard for some guys. But one of the questions in my mind is. What is the number one piece of feedback you receive from men and now that you've done this now for several years about what's the hardest aspect of your program? Yeah, so I had a lot of thoughts about that at the beginning. And frankly, over time, I've just learned that every guy is different and the struggles and the graces are as different as the men. And I think that's one of the, you know, one of the things that's so interesting about Exodus is the structure is the same. And we really encourage guys to take it as it is, as it was intended. And the benefit that, that men experience is so different, but also kind of what they can struggle with. So some guys are always talking cold showers. Other guys aren't used to fasting. But for others, they don't have a habit of daily prayer. And actually, you know, one of the things you can think when you look at something like Exodus is, oh, this is for the guys that are really practicing the faith. And it's actually not true. I mean, most of our guys are not in the habit of daily prayer, you know, before Exodus 90. And there's a good swath that are not fully practicing the sacraments. And that's really interesting for us from an evangelization standpoint. Um, you know, but so, so I would just say in terms of the struggle that, that, that spending that hour with God mm-hmm. and at least 20 minutes in silent prayer at silent dialogue with him, which we do our best to, you know, prepare the men for, and then kind of lead them into every morning. Um, it, it can be a challenge if you're not, you know, you don't have that habit. Uh, but I think one of the things that's so rewarding is, 
guys are struck by the presence of God, how vocal he can be when you make that space for him consistently. Um, he can absolutely shape your mind, your will. He can change you. Uh, but we, we need we need to set that frame and we need to give him that space to let us grow. You know, I this is probably a question you get constantly. But the uh, question that we hear over and over again is, is Exodus 90 just for men? And the question becomes, and I, you know, whenever people ask me, whenever I tell about, hey, I'm about to do Exodus 90, they're like, oh, can uh, is this something women can do? Uh, I'm like, let men have something. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, is Exodus 90 just for men? And uh, what would you say to women who say, we want to do something like that? Exodus 90 is just for men. And, you know, it's not like this machismo on the other side of that. It's just trying to be true to what this was at the beginning, uh, how it's been designed and, uh, you know, where we're at today. And I think um, the way that we look at our work at Exodus is when we form fathers, when we form husbands and fathers and future husbands and fathers, we're providing these women with a better man than that they, than they otherwise would have had. And the truth is, even taking a further step back, fathers are the single greatest predictive factor in whether or not a child will practice the faith as an adult. And it's not even close. And so, you know, just as a stat, you know, a mother that practices the faith in a household where the father does not, there's a 2% chance that that kid is going to, any children in that family are going to practice the faith. And yet, when the fathers practice the faith, almost regardless of the faithfulness of the mother, two-thirds to three-quarters, that's 66 to 75% of those kids are going to practice the faith, which is just alarming. I'll never forget when I first read that. It's like, this can't be, this can't be right. And so the way that we look at it is like, hey, by forming men in the faith, we're actually giving you a better version of the husband, probably the husband you thought you were marrying, but also we're making a dent in the future of the church. Um, I would say I'm, I'm so kind of resolute about this because we did make a discernment actually with one of the most promise, uh, prominent and flourishing uh, women's um, religious orders. And we just asked them to make this discernment with us, you know, about this because we would get the question so often. And what came back was number one, they just really thought the Holy Spirit was on on Exodus for men, and I was really humbled by that. But number two, it was like they just didn't believe it was it, it was a model that would be as beneficial for women. And I've just kind of followed their their maternal spirituality and, and genius in that decision. Uh, we have just a few minutes left in our conversation with James Baxter, CEO of Exodus 90. James, can you offer some like uh, some best practices or strategies? What's the best way for a guy to successfully navigate these 90 days? Yeah, I think the, the number one thing is just have a disposition of openness and humility. You know, if you're going into it with, you know, trying to prove a lot to yourself or to, to others or whatever, it's just that's not the, not the place to start. You know, you really got to come at this from a good spiritual intention. Uh, our desire in growing in freedom is not to just do whatever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want, for how long we want. Like, that's the world's view. You know, our view of freedom is actually just being free and being disposed for the love of God mm -hmm. and for where he's calling you. You know, so I think that that kind of humble, open element will really make this 90 days a, a, a powerful experience. Uh, and then I think the other thing is to just not not succumb to discouragement. You know, the bar is high in Exodus. Uh, no one's perfect. And that's not the point. But the whole goal is that hopefully we're building some habits that, you know, are not not a finish line at day 91, but but really a starting line where you're more committed to prayer, the ascetic life, you know, and being accountable to a fraternity. So so have a long term vision for this. You know, don't look at day 91 as a time for candy and hula hoops or <laughs> whatever you would want to do. It's just no, it's like, no, this is the start of hopefully, you know, a fuller faith life into the future. 
I think I remember when it came to the cold showers, you know, the first few I like just jumped straight into the freezing temperatures and and grinned and bared it. But I think after maybe day three or four, I was like, okay, I'm going to start with a lukewarm, get in, and then crank it down to, to colder. Like, at least it's a little less shocking in the process. With so the, the other pro tip is just to shower less per week. Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend that one. <laughs> it's a good thing this isn't smell-o-vision. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, there you go. Praise be to God. Uh, we are uh, very grateful for your time today. And again, what's the best way for people to get connected? Should they look for a group or should they contact you to try to establish a group? What's the best way? Yeah, check out exodus90.com to just learn more all about the process, all these things we've talked about today. Um, We are very soon, probably over the weekend, launching a a feature where you're going to be able to find other guys in your area that are looking for fraternities. That's neat. We've been working on this actively for for years, to be honest with you. And uh, we'll be rolling it out over the weekend or in the early days of, of Exodus this year. So stay tuned for that if you're looking for a group. You know, but I would just encourage you first, if you're interested, to, to invite the men in your life. You know, the men... You know, in your family, at the parish, in the workplace, you know, men who are maybe in need of something like this okay. and looking for a, a new direction. All right, James Baxter, thank you for your time today. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks, Joe. You too. Spread the word. Exodus 90 to a guy near you. That would be amazing. But if you can join us in the second hour of Catholic Drive Time, we would love to have you. You can always hang out with us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, or on one of our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or on a GRN radio station. Otherwise, we'll see you back here Monday morning. God love you. God bless you. And have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. Are Christians guilty of hate speech for voicing their belief that homosexual acts are immoral and contrary to human nature? Many in the culture think so. So what can we say in response? First, it's not hate speech to say a particular behavior is inappropriate human behavior, given our nature as human beings. If that were true, well then any negative moral evaluation of behavior would be hate speech. But that's absurd. Second, the assertion is inconsistent with itself. Why can't Christians have a negative moral evaluation of homosexual behavior, but yet the objector can negatively judge a Christian's behavior for opposing homosexuality? Isn't he guilty of the very thing he accuses Christians of? 
My friends, it's not hate speech to say a particular behavior is not befitting of human beings. We must judge actions, but always with respect for the person. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. You have survived it. Well, mostly. I mean, you still have a few hours before the weekend starts, but it's Friday, January the 14th, 2022, and God is so very good. Uh, Coming up in this hour, praise be to God, we will have a good news story for you coming up in just a few minutes. We also have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we will jump into the last three opportunities for you to win this week's prize pack of our game show, Fear and Trembling. So... Stick around and be ready for that. At 15 past, you can be the first caller. You get to be our contestant. And today, this is the day where we will pull out a name out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence and announce it live on the radio. And uh, praise be to God for it. Will it be God's will that you should win? I don't know, but let's find out. And if you haven't uh, participated, call. Call at the appropriate time. I'll give you the phone number then, or you can hedge your bet. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And you can uh, find the phone number linked there. Just look for the Fear and Trembling link, and you'll, you'll find all the rules and everything else and how, how it all works. All right. Also, before we jump in, I just wanted to say, too, don't forget to get your car raffle tickets. You know, the 2022 Mercedes GLA 250 in night black, mind you. It's a very nice car. Have you ever owned a Mercedes? I have never owned a Mercedes. I tried to own an Audi once. That didn't go well. But the Mercedes is quite nice, and you could win it, praise be to God. At the end of February, we're going to pull a name out of out of the hat there for, for and announce that live, on, I think, on this show, if I'm not mistaken. And some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to drive away in a brand-new Mercedes. It could be you, but all the proceeds go to support our Catholic radio apostolate. So thank you for supporting Catholic radio. And if you get to drive a cool car... That's cool, too, right? Yay and amen. Praise God. Go to the website, grnonline.com, for all the details. Just scroll down to you see the Mercedes and click on that. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Friday, got anything planned? No. Well, you know, kind of settle into the house, that's all. Yeah. It's, it's going to be nice to just slow down, not have anything to wait on. Right. Just kind of 
just be there, you know. Yeah. Kickstart my prayer life again because that's took it. Uh, man, it's taken a beating. So. Well, we just talked about cold showers in the last segment. <clears throat> it's true, and I got a cold shower good news story. You do. Guys. I do. You yes. have a cold shower good. <laughs> there. How these like unintentional like an oxymoron? Cold showers <laughs> and good news. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here, despite the fact that uh, I'll be taking cold showers for the next ninety days. In spite of it, it's all. going to be a good day today. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And I am looking forward to tomorrow because Why? I'll be in the Dallas area for the Dallas March for Life. Whoa. Because you know, um, Roe versus Wade was decided here in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. So we, I'm going to head over to Dallas uh, tomorrow, and we will see. Uh, we'll be doing a, a rosary rally, walking around. And we will go and we'll ho- hopefully we'll be able to get enough men that we can carry the statue of Our Lady through the city. So praise be to God. We'll go to the cathedral, to the courthouse where the decision was made of Roe v. Wade. So let Amen. me know if you're going to the Dallas uh, March for Life. Let me know. Come say hi if you see me. And I'll also be at the Austin March for Life on the 22nd. So if you are going to any of those, let me know and uh, come find me. If you see me there, come say hi. Yeah, amen to that. Praise God. That'd be pretty cool if you do get some folks stopping by. Maybe you should whip out your phone and record a little something that we could play on the show next week. I'm going to destroy all social media starting tomorrow. (laughs) Starting tomorrow. (laughs) Well, there you go, folks. We're going to jump into it. We have a great news story coming up, as I said, and then our game show coming up at 15 past. If you can join us in the second half of this hour for the after show, which is something we stream live on our social media feeds, Facebook, YouTube, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, Odyssey, we are on LinkedIn. Uh, everything's linked up on our website. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get the details. But let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Rudy Carlos here, and now your good news story for the day. The Blaze Report's woman hailed a hero after dramatic rescue of three children from drowning in icy pond. She said, it had to be me. Three Colorado children are lucky to be alive after falling into an icy pond over the weekend. According to KCNC-TV, 23-year-old Dusty Talavera was looking out the window of her Arapahoe County kitchen on Sunday when she saw three children fall through the ice and into a deep pond near her home. She says, quote, I was looking out my window and I saw the kids fall in, Talavera recalled. Before I realized it, I was on the pond pulling the two kids out, and that's when I fell into the pond for the third kid. Talavera told the station she didn't hesitate and knew it was imperative that she act fast. I knew it was me. It had to be me, she reasoned. Two of the three children made it out safely from the pond, the station reported, but the third child, a six-year-old girl, was not breathing by the time Talabera was able to pull her from the pond and onto the sidewalk. According to KUSA-TV, a 16-year-old boy, a cousin of the six-year-old girl, ran to help the 23-year-old and threw a rope out to help her pull herself and the little girl out of the water. She says, quote, I'm thankful for that young man who threw the rope, Talavera told the station. I would have been in there longer. She would have been in there longer. I don't know what would have happened. Not only was the child not breathing at the time, but she was reportedly without a pulse. 
First responders quickly arrived at the scene and began CPR on the unconscious child. Arapahoe County Sheriff's Deputy Justin Dillard said that seeing the child begin to breathe was a massive relief. The unnamed child was taken to a local hospital for treatment and was ultimately transferred to Denver's Health Denver, Denver Health Hospital and admitted in serious condition. She is, however, expected to recover. South Metro Fire Engineer Corey Sutton lauded Talavera's bravery. He says, quote, I have four boys, and what she did was amazing. We're back at the station talking about how brave she was and how great the officers did. I hope that if this happened to one of mine, somebody like her was close by. And that's good news. God love you. Praise be to God. The saint of the day is St. Felix of Noah. He was born in the 2nd century. Felix was the elder son of Hermias, a Syrian centurion, who had retired to Nola, Italy. After his father's death, Felix sold off most of his property and possessions and gave the proceeds to the poor. He pursued a clerical vocation. Felix was then ordained by and worked with St. Maximus of Nola. When Bishop Maximus fled to the mountains to escape the persecution of the Roman Emperor Decius, Felix was arrested and beaten for his faith instead. He escaped prison, according to legend, being freed by an angel so that he could help Bishop Maximus. Felix found Maximus alone, ill and helpless, and hid him from the soldiers in a vacant building. When the two were safely inside, a spider quickly spun a web over the door, fooling the imperial forces into thinking it was long abandoned, and they left without finding the Christians. A subsequent attempt to arrest Felix followed, which he avoided by hiding in a ruined building, where again spider webs were spun across the entrance, convinced the soldiers that building that the building was abandoned. The two managed to hide from the authorities until the persecution ended with the death of Emperor Decius in 251. Legend assigns to Felix a martyr's death in the year 255 under Emperor Valerian. St. Felix of Nola, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days... It became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer any room for them, not even around the door, and he preached the word to them. They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd. They opened up the roof above him, and after they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there and asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, pick up your mat, and walk? But that you may know, the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Hadock's commentary said this this morning. Our Lord is moved to show mercy to sinners, 
by the faith and desires and prayers of others. For this man was not more helpless in his limbs than in his soul. From this example, we are taught that in sickness, the sacraments and helps of the church, which are the medicines of the soul, should be called for in the first instance. For Christ first healed the sick man's soul before he removed his bodily infirmity. We also learn that many diseases originate in sin and that we are to remove the effect by removing the cause. Do we first look to the world, the flesh, and the devil? Or do we first look to Christ, the true doctor of souls, and the sacraments he has provided to us through his church and the ministers who are to guard it and to provide it to us? Let's think about that today. Adrian, what did you find? I'm gonna only going to talk about two points. Point number one is the four bearers who carried the paralytic. According to Lapide says that these four bearers signify the four virtues, namely prudence, fortitude, justice, and temperance. That's prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. These are the four virtues, and I think we should uh, all be striving to and develop these four virtues. You can only develop these virtues by habit. Uh, by doing a just thing, by doing a virtuous thing one time, does not make you a virtuous man. What makes you a virtuous man is by doing the virtues over and over again until it becomes habituated. At that point, and only at that point, do you become a virtuous man. The second point that I like to point out is what Cornelius Lapide says about why is it that some people are suffering? Like, how does this happen? And so Cornelius Lapide says, here be, when he is about to heal, he first forgives the man his sins to show that he was suffering for his faults. For men are afflicted with bodily ills, either for the increase of merit, like Job, and the martyrs, or for the preservation of humility, like Paul, or for the correction of sin, as a sister of Moses, and this paralytic, or for the glory of God, as a man who was born blind, or for beginning of damnation, as Herod. So, Lapide here is saying that there are a number of reasons in which we might be uh, punished by in this life. Because the different kind of sins that happen, they're an opportunity in certain circumstances. They're an either an opportunity of repentance. It's an opportunity to suffer well. It's an opportunity to merit more, to achieve a greater place in heaven. But for the wicked, the punishment, the sufferings in this life are a beginning of damnation, as Cornelius Lapide says. It's a taste of that damnation. But we have the opportunity today to take the sufferings that we're given, to take the punishments that we receive, and live out our purgatory here and now. For just as what Cornelius Lapide says, the merits of increase, like Job and the martyrs, because the martyrs suffered, our Lord promised us that we would have suffering in this life. He did not promise ease. He does not promise happiness uh, in this life. Just like Our Lady said, I promise you not happiness in this life, but the next so we should, too should be looking forward to the coming of the Messiah and the resurrection of the body. For in heaven, all will be well if we simply choose to embrace our suffering today and look forward to tomorrow. And that's way easier said than done because I know personally I hate suffering. I don't know about you. I mean, maybe you love suffering. I mean, we're all in different places in our spiritual life. But personally, I cannot stand it. I despise it. 
do not want it. But I need to learn to love the cross, to love the hard embrace, the splinters and the thorns that stick out from the cross. And I think that's one thing to meditate on today. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Verboom.com, for your generous sponsorship of our gospel reflection. The Verboom tool is an amazing tool, Faith Life. They just connect all of these incredible commentaries, and uh, it makes our life not only easy, but also incredible because we get to share so much greatness with you. So thank you, Verboom. That's with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, Verboom.com forward slash G-R-N for being a part of our Catholic Drive Time family. All right, it is time to go, and uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling for the last time of the week. Your last three chances to get in on the prize pack is now, so you're going to want to call 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Fear and Trembling is coming up next, and the prizes are going to be given away as well, so don't go anywhere. Be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Share where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anybody what I'm about to tell you. 
All right, you got to keep this just between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about the Catholic faith. And that, that's kind of cool, right? I mean, just think about all those fun party conversations you might have. You can use those tidbits. And number two... We like to have a laugh. We like to have fun, and our callers tend to be a really good time. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that probably most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here and you're really confused as to what's going on, this is a Catholic trivia game show. I have three questions in front of me, but I do not ask the caller these questions. So it is possible that our caller does not know a single correct answer and could still win the game. And the reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian and one of them will be correct, and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? The sponsor of our game show this week is Holy Face Shop. Holy Face Shop is a small business and Catholic apostolate in Greenville, Texas, which creates hand-poured 100% beeswax candles and gifts in a wide variety of shapes and sizes. All of the work is done by the owner, a Catholic mom who has homeschooled her seven children for 25 years. Shop prices are intended to be as affordable as possible, and the shop thus is an apostolate. She ships worldwide. Check out Holy Face Shop on Etsy or email holyfaceshop at gmail.com for custom orders. Our winner this week will receive a beeswax candle in the likeness of Our Lady of Fatima. Please support the shop by purchasing some beeswax candles and get them blessed at a Latin Mass parish on February 2nd, which happens to be a Wednesday, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, a.k.a. Candlemas. Yeah, Candlemas. So that blessing, it only happens, unfortunately, in the extraordinary rite, so you're going to have to find one of those. But let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Valentin. Welcome back to the show. Yes, sir. How's it going? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? We're doing well, sir. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. Hello. How are? How was Christmas? Good. Yeah. Fa- <laughs> favorite present under the tree? Uh, a Nintendo Switch. What? Wow, a Nintendo Switch? Wow. That's pretty special. My roommate got one of those, <laughs> but he bought it himself, though. <laughs> well, praise be to God. Are you guys on your way to school? Nice, and uh, hopefully you'll have a great day at school. We're going to be praying for you, of course. But you are veterans of Fear and Trembling, so you know how the game works. But I'm not sure you've played with Rudy yet, so you may want to keep a careful ear out for uh, Curveball Rudy, I think we're calling him these days. I resent that remark. (laughs) Are you ready to go? Yeah. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, Speaking of uh, first pitch on the mound here, Rudy, uh, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Sir, yes, sir. I like that. That's good. Tell Adrian to say that, too. That's good. All right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, can you tell me what is the term for the long white cord tied around the priest's waist to hold the stole in place? Yes, that's what's called a cincture or a girdle. Really? Yes, sir. Men wear girdles? Yeah. Okay. Now, I think I remember seeing this in Holy Mass, actually. So let's just let's just see what Adrian says, though. Adrian, can you tell me what is the term for the long white cord tied around the priest's waist to hold the stole mm-hmm. in place? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's uh, one of my favorite uh, elements of the vestments. Is it? It's called the old rope-a-dope. <laughs> 
What are you laughing at, Rudy? It's uh, <clears throat> so rude. Is that Latin? Uh, no, no. The old, you, what, you, old rope-a-dope, you the said? Old rope-a-dope. That's what it's called. Not mm-hmm. new. That's your answer. That's the answer. Is rope-a-dope. It's not, it's not my answer. It's the answer. Whew. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Two university degrees, by the way. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, Valentine and company. Here are the, here's the results. Adrian says that rope is called the rope-a-dope. Versus Rudy says that is called a cincture or a girdle. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Rudy! 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 <laughs> Rudy! Well, I, I think he said Adrian. I, that's, I, no. no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Rope-a-dope. Rope-a-dope. That, is, that does mean something, but it has nothing to do with priests. Well, boxing. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> <laughs> Unless the priest is boxing with the devil, in which case yeah. I could see it. Yeah, the girdle in which was uh, tied around St. Thomas's waist by the angels. That's where you go. That's, we get that. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a relic. All right. Praise be to God. You're in the cup. You could win. It may be possible. Let's try to double your chances here with this next question. We're going to Adrian. Uh-oh. Adrian, dangerous. can you tell me? Maybe. What is the name of the vessel mm-hmm. for holding incense before it is put into the thurible. Okay, so the thing that holds the incense in which you put the incense into the thurible. Yeah, that would be a boat. A boat? A boat. Huh. Boat? Interesting. Mm-hmm. A boat. Not like a row, row your boat, but same word, boat. What kind of boat? A boat. A boat is the answer, you A say. boat is the answer. All right, Rudy, can you tell me what is the name of the vessel for holding incense before it is put into the thurible? Well, it's definitely not a boat. I, in no. Latin, it's called a thingamabobium. Wow. <laughs> what, is, what is Joe laughing at? I just got that, morning, I got that morning allergy thing. <laughs> I, I haven't taken my Claritin. That's all. That's all. Okay. So you said it was, in Latin, it was called what? A thingamabobium. <laughs> Sorry. It's a technical term, dude. A thingamabobium. It's true. It's true. It's a, okay. High level. High level out in there. All right, here's the deal, uh, <laughs> Valentine and company. Uh, Brother Rudy seems to think that is called a thingamabobium versus Adrian says it is called a boat. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Valentine and company, what say you? You sound very confident here. I, do they really know the answer? Are you sure? I- yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> I mean, a thingamabobium, Rudy, that was very thorough. Hmm. Very thorough. It's thorough joke. It's just thorough. Thorough. Thorough joke. It's a thorough joke. Thorough <laughs> <laughs> answer. A thingamabobium. You guys knew that, right? Yeah. Yeah, good job. Easy Congratulations. Peasy. You're in for two. Congratulations. Praise be to God. You could actually win. This is going to be amazing. All right, third question. Uh, here we go. You guys you guys feeling oh, no. good? You guys ready for this third one? <laughs> yes. This third one is deep theological uh, and it's it could be the trickiest one of all. This is going to is a super tricky. <laughs> trickiest question we've ever had actually. Here we go. Uh, we're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy. Can you tell me, does God see us? Does God see us? Um, I'm going to say no, and scripture backs, backs this up. So in Genesis, he asks Adam where he is, so clearly he can't see Adam in that moment. Poor God. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you, you're saying God something. cannot see God us. cannot see us. That's he, your answer. I mean, yeah. He doesn't have eyes, so. <laughs> hmm. Adrian. Can you tell me, 
Does God see us? Does God see us? Yes, God sees us. He watches over us with loving care. Not, not, that's all you got? Yeah, that's straightforward. <laughs> Very straightforward. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I, I, as I said, this is a tricky one. The question is, does God see us? Adrian says, yes, of course, God sees us and watches over us with loving care. Whereas Rudy says, no. I mean, look at Genesis. See what happened there? So it's a tricky one. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Does God see us? Valentine and company, what say you? Adrian! Very confident are they, in that. Are they response. sure? Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. you know, whenever, whenever you say Adrian, you just get you get an extra dings. Wow. So we give them for Adrian's, but not for God? Um, they get hallelujahs. Hallelujahs. Well, congratulations. You're in for three. Perfect score. Yeah. Poor God didn't know what Adam was doing. We all know Doubt. better than that. We saw through that. All right, guys, congratulations. You're in for three. I, I'm very proud of you. You got perfect scores, even though there was uh, that very tricky questions. You still did great. It may be God's will that you should win. It may not be. I don't know. But you guys know how that works. Rudy? I am shuffling. You're shuffling? I'm shuffling. Every here. day? Every day I'm shuffling. All right, here we go. I'm going to pick one. Here we go. Kim Antoni. Kim Antoni. Kim and Tony, you're the winner. Well, congratulations, Kim and Tony. I'm sorry, guys. It was not God's holy will for you to win today. But you know what? You were a lot of fun, and we really enjoyed hanging out with you today. Thank you. Have Thank a you great day at bless. school. God bless you. Uh, make sure to uh, brag about the thingamabobium of the boats <laughs> and stuff with your friends. That'll be fun conversation. God love you guys. All right, we'll see you. That's going to do it for the... Uh, but the radio pro part of our program today, don't forget to pick up your car raffle tickets if you can. And a great way to do that is simply to call your local station manager and ask them, hey, how can I get car raffle tickets and how can I help you sell more in order to support this Catholic radio station? You can find your local Catholic radio market manager on our website by going to grnonline.com. If you scroll down to your local station section, You'll see who they are, and you get their contact information. But you can also purchase your raffle tickets online as well. Just go to grnonline.com. Hey, we'll see you in the after show on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, LinkedIn. Just go to our website, too, and you'll find all the links. God love you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Friday, the first week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Alleluia, sing to Jesus, his the scepter, his the throne. Alleluia, his the triumph, his the victory alone. Hark the songs of peaceful Zion, thunder like a mighty flood. Jesus, out of every nation, hath redeemed us by his blood. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty, Almighty God, God and to and you, you, my, my brothers, brothers and sisters, sisters that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask the Blessed Mary ever Virgin all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us bring. Attend to the pleas of your people with heavenly care, O Lord, we pray, that they may see what must be done and gain strength to do what they have seen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. reading from the first book of Samuel. All the elders of Israel came in a body to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Now that you are old and your sons do not follow your example, appoint a king over us as the other nations have to judge us. Samuel was displeased when they asked for a king to judge them. He prayed to the Lord, however, who said in answer, Grant the people's every request. It is not you they reject. They are rejecting me as their king. Samuel delivered the message of the Lord in full to those who were asking him for a king. He told them, The rights of the king who will rule you will be as follows. He will take your sons and assign them to his chariots and horses, and they will run before his chariot. He will also appoint from among them his commanders of groups of a thousand and of a hundred soldiers 
He will set them to do his plowing and his harvesting and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will use your daughters as ointment makers, as cooks and as bakers. He will take the best of your fields, vineyards and olive groves and make and give them to his officials. He will tithe your crops and your vineyards and give the revenue to his eunuchs and his slaves. He will take your male and female servants as well as your best oxen and your asses and use them to do his work. He will tithe your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When this takes place, you will complain against the king whom you have chosen. But on that day, the Lord will not answer you. The people, however, refused to listen to Samuel's warning and said, Not so. There must be a king over us. We too must be like other nations, with a king to rule us and to lead us in warfare and fight our battles. When Samuel had listened to all the people had to say, he repeated it to the Lord, who then said to him, Grant their request and appoint a king to rule them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Blessed the people who, who know the joyful shout. In the light of your countenance, O Lord, they walk. At your name they rejoice all the day, and through your justice they are exalted. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. For you are the splendor of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. For the Lord beholds our shield, for to the Lord belongs our shield, and to the Holy One of Israel, your King. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Alleluia. A great prophet has arisen in our midst, and God has visited his people. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there were no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he preached the word to them. They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. But who, can, who, who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus immediately knew in his mind that they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, pick up your mat, and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your mat, and go home. 
He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded, and glorified God, saying, We had never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As a seminarian and a religious missionary, I asked my general superior if I could talk to him about the way things were going. And uh, I asked him in a three-hour conversation if he could uh, send me to Russia. There was a team that was going to Russia, and uh, I wanted to go with them at least for the summer. I also wanted him to suspend uh, a year of a pastoral year that everybody else had to go through, but I had gone through some years like that uh, previously, and I said, can you please do this? The way that he told me that that was a bad idea was so gentle and so kind and so understanding, and he did it in a relationship with me that it taught me a great deal later when considering what a bad idea that was of asking for such a thing. And this is important because a lot of times when we ask lesser goods to God, most of the time God wants to grant a lesser good and the higher good that is better. For example, in the gospel, the lesser good is to have the paralytic be healed. The highest good, which Jesus said immediately, was that his sins were forgiven. In the end, Jesus granted both. And he, so that you may know that his sins are forgiven, I'll heal him of his sins. Similarly, in the first reading, the Israelites wanted a king, and God wanted for Israel that they would recognize that God's sovereignty is the most important. In the end, according to history, God granted both. Frequently, uh, when we ask something of God, it is good. Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. And, and many times we ask for lesser goods. They're not, they're not a bad thing to ask of God because the process of asking and being in relationship to God and seeing how kind and gentle and patient and good he is with us is itself something that endears us to him and makes us want to do the higher good. Also, the process of asking for whatever it is we're asking oftentimes empties ourselves of this lesser good so that we're able to want the higher good. But unless we were in relationship with God, unless we spent that time asking, we don't allow God's grace to work in our hearts so that we let go of what is lesser and aim for what is higher. Do you think God wants to heal a pandemic? Of course he does. But more importantly, most importantly, he wants to heal the moral pandemic of our times that we do not know good from evil, we are calling girls boys, we are calling babies in the womb intruders. God wants to heal that pandemic most of all. But in order to heal that, we may have to endure some other kind of thing as well. And frequently, very frequently, this is, and if you ever wondered why Jesus doesn't heal, or God, why God doesn't heal people, uh, there's a greater good that comes about from a lesser good being tolerated. And this is a, a very difficult thing to learn, but it's something that you only can learn if you keep in communion with God. You keep talking to him, keep asking him, keep in some kind of relationship with him so that he can form your heart to want what is highest and in the process give you what is lesser. I remember as a, as a formator later, I used the same gentleness and patience with uh, the, the, uh, the seminarians. We were in a van 
and we had to get somewhere, but they all wanted to stop for ice cream because it was a long week and everything. So we did. And I, I, re I remembered at the moment being a kid and, and being with my dad and saying to my dad, can we please stop for ice cream? I really want ice cream. And he did. And yet we got to our destination and he gave me the lesser good. God, who is infinitely better father and infinitely more good, would also grant those lesser goods so that we, in the process, we achieve the highest good as well. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth the holiness of Christ our Lord. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may serve the Lord at the, his altar with single-hearted devotion. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of those who are suffering, all those who are sick, all those who are enduring some kind of evil, that God may heal them, but also that God may align their heart with the highest good, his mercy. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our government leaders, that they may not pose an obstacle to Jesus Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of, full grace, of grace, the Lord, Lord is, with, is thee. with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou, thou among women. women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary Mother, Mother of God, God pray, for pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. We praise you, Father, for your gift of dusk and night fall over earth, foreshadowing the mystery of death that leads to endless day. Within your hands we rest secure, in quiet sleep our strength renew. Yet give your people hearts that wake, in love to you, unsleeping Lord. Your glory may we ever seek, in rest as in activity until its fullness is revealed. O source of life, O Trinity. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands. Praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church. May your people's oblation, O Lord, find favor with you. We pray that it may restore them to holiness and obtain what they devoutly entreat through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your word through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin. Fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people, he stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death 
and manifest the resurrection. And so with angels and all the saints, we declare your glory as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. similar way when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all of the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, 
whom you summon before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. Remember your servants whom you called from this world to yourself. Grant that they who are united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. When from the earth you will raise up in the flesh those who have died and transform our lowly body after the pattern of his own glorious body. To our departed brothers and sisters too, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory when you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. For seeing you, our God, as you are, we shall be like you for all the ages and praise you without end. Through Christ our Lord, to whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Row him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Proceptus salutare bus moneti, et divin institutioni formati, audemus dicere. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat renum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos imitimus, debitoribus nostris. Ne nos enducas in tentacionem, se libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not on our sins but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis miserere nobis. On you stay, Quitolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, quitolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
communion antiphon. With you, O Lord, is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. <clears throat> An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore. Mass by these bare shadows, shape and nothing more. See, Lord, at thy service, low lies here a heart, lost all lost in wonder at the God thou art. Seeing, touching, tasting are in thee deceived. House as trusty hearing that shall be believed. What God's Son has told me, take for truth I do. Truth himself speaks truly, or there's nothing true. On the cross thy Godhead made no sign to men. Here thy very manhood steals from human ken. Both are my confession, both are my belief, and I pray the prayer of the dying thief. Let us pray. Humbly we ask you, Almighty God, be graciously pleased to grant that those you renew with your sacraments may also serve with lives pleasing to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, Alleluia. The burning sun with golden beam, the silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou rushing wind that art so strong. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, 
cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. a co